Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Admiral Marcy Unplugged. I'm your host with the most, as always, Admiral Marcy, and today we've got another fucking legend. I love her so much. She's probably one of my closest friends over in the US that I've not yet met, which are plenty of them really, but it'll be fun <laughs> to actually go hang out with her because uh, she's crazy and nerdy as fuck, so it's awesome. There's none other than my friend Stephanie Arroyo, who's, you've, you've had her on, the, I've had you on the show before, so they should know who you are. Uh, listen to the last podcast if you haven't already, because this is like something completely different. Stephanie, welcome to the show. As always, you know the drill. You know what's going yes. on. All the craziness Hi. and fun times. <laughs> Thank you for having me again. You're and welcome. I do believe you owe me a slice of pizza. So yes, we are very. Uh, wait, what do I? What, <laughs> why do I owe you a slice of pizza? <laughs> On the last podcast, you mentioned that you're going to take me to the best pizza that, for some reason, completely is, is, is better than the pizza in either New York and in Chicago. So I'm still waiting for this, you know, mythical, miracle slice of pizza oh, yeah. that well, somehow I'm made sorry. its way overseas. I'm sorry, but someone <laughs> has to get their ass over to England and someone needs to, <laughs> someone needs to drag a certain email person over with them. Thank you. And it's like I don't... I pay for a service and I expect it to be delivered. <laughs> With the Ask app. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And the little tap at the end. Just <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It, just inside jokes from before the show. We, you're going to hear about it later on anyway. If, if, you're on, if you're on Ben Settle's email list, expect an email from him. Or just as Facebook. Um, <laughs> it's going to be brilliant. Um, but yeah, no, what I was going to say was like, just real quickly, shout out to our sponsors for the show today. Uh, none of them, of course, AdamMarcy.com. Go there, check it out, check out the podcast. I have a new email training system that I put out there, basically. Thank you uh, to Ben for actually encouraging me to do so, which uh, covers just basic email marketing explained uh, rules. So, you know, Stephanie... Feel free to check that shit out if you want to, because I know. <laughs> I don't think you actually need to. I mean, a lot of the stuff I do, Ben usually covers, but in his own weird-ass way. I have a completely different way of doing this. It's fun. Uh, sponsored today again by stephanieoroyo.com, which is S-T-F-A-N-I-E-A-R-R-O-Y-O.com. I'm probably butchering a surname, but I apologize. No, you did it You did it very well. Yes. <laughs> Go team. Um <laughs> But yeah, uh, check out her site. I mean, honestly, you have some of the coolest things ever out there. I mean, right now you're like a secret question based on two world-class psychologists' research that will get you clients all the time. But more importantly, something that we are going to talk about because I want you guys to check out her site because Stephanie has this whole weird attitude that you should really get to know her first before you look at anything else, which is good. But simultaneously, she has this amazing um, monthly continuity program that she puts out there, which basically helps you really understand personality types in the workplace, which is what we're going to be covering a lot of on the show. Um, yeah, so you should totally go check that out and beg her to let you in because <laughs> it will change your life. I'm not even yes. joking. This is my serious voice because we were joking <laughs> around before the show. I'm, hard, I'm trying really hard not to smile right now. It's really hard to not to do that, but it happens. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, and I might let you have a peek at it maybe just a little bit. I mean, I know people usually are banging at the door at the front, you know, wanting to get a piece of bed psychology, but, you know, sometimes they do let people in, just sometimes. That's fair. Yeah. Hold on, guys, <laughs> hold on real quick. I'm just going to pause the show for just a second. Hold on. Yeah, sorry about that, guys. Just had to take a very quick moment just to double-check a mic issue. Otherwise, uh, I don't want you guys to actually have your earballs blown out because that wouldn't be fun. So, Stephanie, it's been like a year since we had you on the show, all 10 months. What have you been up to lately, girl? Like, I know you launched your, I know you launched your uh, 
is it biztypology.com was that what's called Yes, it's called Biz Typology. And, oh, um, fuck yeah, nearly yeah. one. Yes, sorry. <laughs> yeah, last we spoke, I was in the middle of, of really putting that together. Um, it was very much a kind of grassroots sort of uh, continuity program, kind of cobbled together. But now we're about five months in, and it's been going really, really well. Um, and we've been, I've been discovering um, through Biz Typology, and, and as your nice introduction has mentioned, that um, – it's about using personality type in business, but a lot of uh, what I ended up talking about and kind of seeing how, you know, I have about 200 members in there now and seeing what sort of what's been perking their interests. And a lot of it doesn't have to do with business, which is funny because that's sort of what happens with, you know, when you are in the uh, marketing or talking about marketing, or I'm sure you've noticed this too, even from our last podcast. So you kind of go from, Oh yeah, we're talking shop. We're talking about this and this and this, but then, kind of goes into other directions. So that's been really fun exploring how personality typing is really, uh, it's been really helpful for people um, really outside their home office even. That's awesome. I love that. So <laughs> I have, oh, I love that because it's true. Like there's just so many different places that people actually want to understand personality types. It's not just in business because they want to know about it in dating. They want to know about it in day-to-day uh, -day life, dealing with customers, dealing with people that they have to live with, i.e. family. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, it goes everywhere. So I guess my, my question here more than anything, because um, you can blame Ben for this. It's his fault entirely. I blame everything on Ben, so I'm totally fine with that. Everything is his fault. <laughs> well, he says it himself. Everything is his fault, so I just go with it. It is his fault. He just admits it, so now he knows. He knows his place. <laughs> if it's a problem, it's Ben's fault. If it's a solution, it's not Ben's fault. That's basically... Then it's my fault if there's a solution. <laughs> oh, my God. I totally want to get you uh, some. I'm going to send you this at some point. Well, I'm gonna bring... When you come to the UK, I'll either give it to you in the UK or when I fly out to the US. Um, just uh, It's going to be when you have like two separate bathrooms in the house or whatever, or like a really big bathroom with two toilets. Just be like the one, men's are on the left because women are always right. Oh, uh, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> they have this on, at my gym, by the way. They have the men's changing room to the left and women because they're always right. I was like... <laughs> that's I, very clever. I know Marco's I know. wife bought that. Not Marco. Marco oh. did that. <laughs> but no, what I was going to say was real quickly was um, Ben had this whole idea about the, like, between a P and a J. So for the people that aren't familiar with Myers-Briggs, I'm not going to... I'm not going to describe it to you because you should understand Myers-Briggs if you're like listening to the show. Um, but essentially it's that ENF, well, I'm in, what am I, I'm an ENF. Is it P that's the one that's like slightly crazy or is it J that's slightly yes. crazy? And now that you say that, that totally makes sense because I'm an ENFP as well. So it makes sense why we both get along and we're also both crazy. Je suis fou. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's my favorite word since like I learned in French. It's like say something in French. Je suis fou. Like what does that mean? I am crazy. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> go for it. And then when you go to Paris, that's all you really need to say, and then everyone just gives you a wide berth, and then there you go. You have the whole city to yourself. No, when you go to Paris, you say omelette du fromage. <laughs> Come on, Dex's lab. Anyone? Anyone? Dex's lab. Come on. <laughs> oh my god, I haven't, I haven't even thought about that show in like two hundred years. You know, give or take a few, but <laughs> I, I would say give like a hundred and twenty years at that point. hundred and eighty years that you haven't thought about it. <laughs> Unless you're like some sort of vampire that's over two hundred years old, then damn you are looking good. What is your secret? 
<laughs> well, that's the, that's the melanin, right? And also being an ENFP melanin inflected person, we're just going to be ageless and also perennially crazy. I was going to say, are you a chupacabra? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's racist. <laughs> I'm brown. I'm allowed to get away with it. <laughs> And all of a sudden, I get so much hatred from, like, Central America. <laughs> Fuck you, adult. I'm sorry. Just, like, there's, like, rallies with my face on it where people want to kill me all of a sudden. I well, you know, that's... <laughs> that's a really big thing now, um, especially in the coaching community now, right? Like, everyone's calling each other basically racist. So, it's... it's um. I, the, the coaching community, especially for uh, women's coaching communities, what I used to be in, write copy for for about you know two and a half years before I had struck it out on my own and thankfully got out of it. But now there's a whole ruckus now about um, this whole you know anti-racism advocacy and all this stuff and and so yeah you you know a, a picket or a, a rally against you would be fitting right well in with that with what's going on. So, dude, if they do that, then pl- I, I wish that someone listening to this just make my dream come true and make it for something really really stupid the chupacabra thing works no that's not stupid (laughs) that's apt that's that's normal i'm saying something really stupid like i don't know i think all god let's see i think all women should be enslaved or something because that's backwards in my opinion but you know that's the whole thing make it something really politically ridiculous for me please um, I think we talked about that the last podcast about women being enslaved, if I remember correctly. Maybe we should dig that up again. <laughs> I think we already are. I mean, seriously, we've got racism. It's not even... How long has this show been running for? It's been running for like about 10 minutes. We've already like covered racism, uh, social issues, and me getting picketed for something, which I will actually go ahead and say I will reverse picket that shit and say they're being anti... Like, they're being Islamophobic. There we go. Boom. Fuck all of you. <laughs> That's a mic drop if I've ever seen one. <laughs> well i'll have you know adel i just got my uh, ancestry.com results back about a week ago and i'm not chupacabra so i just wanted to clarify that in case you were wondering okay for, where are you from though where is your ancestry results from because <laughs> i don't even know i was just making an assumption based on your surname <laughs> so um apparently i'm like half the world um because i know when i opened up the ancestry.com email it's like oh you're from all these places and i'm like oh great but um, I'm, uh, it turns out I'm actually 40% uh, Central American and 40% uh, European and uh, about 15% um, West African and the 5%, uh, I guess, alien because I can't really figure out what that is. Whoop. So, yeah. You're about <laughs> as screwed up and messy as me, which is great. Because <laughs> surprisingly, to contrary belief, I think we spoke about this last time, I'm not actually Indian. <laughs> <laughs> you're indian i'm really not what are you i'm mostly indian but i'm also like part black african like tanzanian i'm arab and sicilian see the sicilian is almost like a dark horse pretty much no one sees it but that's because my surname is from sicily mm, like omarcy is an italian surname it's a sicilian surname and this is where it gets really fe- freaky and fucked up when my facial hair, like, even as short it is right, as it is right now, in sunlight, because it's really warm right now, if I'm walking down there and, like, UV light hits my face, which it would, my facial hair, like, brings up all the ginger hair underneath the black. My brother has the same thing. And he's not, you know, I'm assuming anyway, I don't know, but <laughs> um, we're the same genetic makeup. And he has the same thing, too. It must be the European, obviously. Um, yeah. That he, I mean, he looks Pakistani. Like, he does not look like any of the things I've mentioned. 
Like he looks <laughs> straight up Pakistani. And, and meanwhile, like in the sunlight, he has this like glorious red beard. Wait, what is your that... brother's name? I'm Googling him. <laughs> His name is Jay. J-A-Y. Jay, yeah, okay. Jay Arroyo. He has such yeah. a cool name. I think anyone that has the name Jay is just legitimately like straight up cool in my books. But, you know, that's just me being weird. Oh, he's the same personality type as Ben, actually. So that's, the weirdness is very, that, very apt. That, that, that is really strange. Wait, I can't find him. There's like 10, there's like 10 people. <laughs> yeah, he's, <laughs> he's on Twitter. I believe he's, it should be just Jay Arroyo. Um, but I don't think he has any pictures of himself. But yeah, um, I mean, he is, you know, maybe five eight, I think, just like this twig of a person. And then meanwhile, like, he has this like pirate's beard. Um, <laughs> he should be named Redbeard, really. Oh my god! It, wait, what does he do? Is he a musician or? Um, no, he's actually he's studying uh, computer science, so he's going to be doing programming things that I don't really understand. But, that should um, totally be his handle for everything. Hashtag <laughs> or like Redbeard. Exot- <laughs> no. Exotic Redbeard should be his name. <laughs> Just everything, or- everything that he does on his handle. His Skype is now Exotic Redbeard. Everything. <laughs> I, you know. I, and he should be like, remember the movie Hackers? Yes. Where they all had like what Crash and Burn and all those like weird names. He mm-hmm. sh- he should that should be his handle absolutely for um when he does hacky things. That's what it's on about. That's what it's on about. That's mm-hmm. what his handle should be for hacking stuff. It's exotic Redbeard. Because I'd say Redbeard <laughs> is already taken. Oh, you. D- well, thank you for looking. <laughs> I didn't look. I'm just saying it's such a common freaking name. You know, someone would have stolen that. That's true. I mean, it's like going with a code name Phoenix. Everyone has that. It's like, God damn it. I love that nickname. <laughs> but do they have it spelled F-E-N-I-X or whatever that band name was? That's the difference. They have it spelled both ways. It's annoying. <laughs> I hate bad grammar. It's, really too- it's kind of funny that I say I don't like bad. I really dislike bad grammar, yet I'm dyslexic and cause most of the bad grammar there is. Humorous. <laughs> It's just brilliant. So going back to the chaos. So what was it? En was it ENTP? Oh, ENFP. ENFP. Yeah, that's the yes. one. Yes, I'm not a T. I'm an F. That sounds ah, so weird. That sounds so <laughs> weird to say. True or false? I'm false. Yeah. Uh, but well, yeah. Well, you know, your F, right? Your um, your feeling part um, makes you actually a better copywriter. I think. Oh yeah. Oh, and I think you know this. You're like, oh, duh. But, you know, for a lot of people, they think that <laughs> to be a copywriter, especially to be effective in marketing, that, you know, there's this there's this whole thing with, um, and for those, again, for people who are uh, familiar with Myers-Briggs, there's kind of this weird idolatry for people who are INTP or INTJs that, like, oh, that's that's the one to be. Because it's, it's the villain's personality type, right? Um, it's like Emperor Palpatine is an INTJ. Um, Walter White's an INTJ. So everyone who wants to be those people but actually to be successful in business, um, unless you have a really good handle on yourself, you're not going to be as good as maybe an ENF. And this is not bias, of course. This is just, you know. Wait, wait, wait. So we are more know. prone to be successful in business. Yes. And it's simply because we're very charismatic. And that's okay. because as an E or as an extrovert, um, you are really good at reading the room. Yep. Because you can... Uh, so <laughs> to actually teach things, uh, uh, there's a difference between an extrovert and an introvert is that an extrovert derives their energy from other people. So if you take that away from them, let's say if we lock you in a room somewhere alone in, you know, a, you know, the padded wagon or something, 
that's when you actually start to go actually crazy because you're not around people. You're not getting, you know, you're not getting the feelings from them. You're not, you're not getting your energy from them. But an I, like in a padded room, they're the happiest. They're like, yes, finally I'm alone. I don't need anybody. This is awesome. I can finally read and be left, you know, to my own devices. But, um, and with that difference, right. Um, as an E, because you're so used to, you almost have to be around other people you're really good at reading what the room is like. So this is, you know, makes for excellent networking. This makes for just putting people at ease, right? And then on top of that, having that feelings uh, quadrant, right? To have that feelings um, part, which is, again, experiencing the world through your emotions, right? Instead of logic and rationality and all those, you know, those really crazy things. Um, it actually makes you not only a better marketer, but also a better people person because you can essentially feel what the other person is feeling and then use it to your persuasive manipulative uh, <laughs> devices if you're you want not, you're not helping the case for yourself when i called you a chupacabra you do know that right where do you get where do, where, where do you get your energy from i take it from other people that is a chupacabra thank you except for I that's with ghosts not, not ghosts. blood yeah, I don't drain a goat's energy. I mean, a goat's blood, but I do. Blood take is up. energy. Have, like, <laughs> seriously, do you not watch vampire shit where they're like, blood is the currency of all life? That's technically energy. So, boom, case case rested. <laughs> I shouldn't really be giving you shit about this because ta- technically that makes me a chupacabra. <laughs> See, there you go. Fuckers. Well, it's, it's not like I'm, I'm taking their mana, I'm not taking their hearts. <laughs> Okay, you're not you're not allowed to be more nerdy than me at that point. There, I'm taking their mana. Damn it, healers down. <laughs> to be honest, I, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna say it right now. I'm gonna get you, Ben, and Shane all on the same podcast at the same time. Oh I'm, God! Like the three of you plus me. Could you imagine the nerdiness on that one episode? <laughs> there will be a mega podcast. That's for sure. There will be so many insults thrown around the room. It'd be ridiculous. Shane, but, sh- Shane should be happy that I'm not sat next to him when I do this podcast because I'd make it just as awkward for him as you would for Ben. <laughs> or it would be the other way around because Shane, I don't know what his personality type is, but he looks like the kind of guy that would be like, oh, you're going to try and make it more awkward for me? I'm from Canada. Uh, Canada. I'm Canadian, bro. Canadian <laughs> works. <laughs> like, had a Russell Peters flashback right there. He's like, Canada. And maybe one, one day we'll actually learn to pronounce it. <laughs> Oh but Shane is definitely the type of person, and and I mean this with all the love in the world. He's one of my favorite people in the universe. Um, that he would flip, like let's say you're playing Monopoly, he would flip the Monopoly board. Like boom, there we go. No one can play now. So, <laughs> so that'll definitely be the the like the, the crescendo of the podcast where he essentially flips the table. <laughs> See, this is why I want to be sat by him so I can just punch him in the leg, <laughs> <laughs> or help him flip it. I don't know. No, no, God, no. I'd punch him in the leg because it's my show. <laughs> he, <laughs> he knows the rules. <laughs> there are rules on this show. I had no idea. Yeah, be a dick the entire time. Ah, so it's like the opposite of most other people's, uh, what was their Facebook groups? Like, oh, be cool and don't be a dick. No, so... Be a dick and be cool. That's basically the rules of my life. <laughs> they kind all... of go in anyway. To, to be fair, <laughs> it's more towards be the C word, but I'm not going to say that because apparently offends American ears. And I think I maxed out all my C words when I had Pete Dunn on the show in the first 10 minutes. We said it like 50 times. <laughs> that was a good episode. I'm not going to lie. That was a brilliant episode. If you're, if you're not offended by the word cunt, please go listen to it. It's amazing. <laughs> I think you just you went into uh, the negative in your, in your cunt quota. <laughs> just ever one. so slightly. My mana is down. My mana is down and so is my healer. <laughs> 
<laughs> your figure is blinking. <laughs> Pretty much. She's like, <laughs> oh man. I used to play Rome Total War. Not Rome Total War. That is a good game. But I used to play uh, Total Annihilation Kingdoms. And I, I legit found this for my Mac. Um, and I bought it like a month ago. Just so I could play it again. It's the best game in the world. And I, do you remember like how you remember cheat codes from certain games? Oh yeah, yeah. Like with Game Genie and all that. Yeah, it's just like press enter, go into the chat bot, the chat uh, chat thing to enter your code, plus mana, and basically refills your mana constantly, no matter how much it runs out. I'm like, I'm gonna build all the stuff that I don't have money for and just recharge my mana. I'm like, I wish that would work with life hacks and with bank accounts. My bank account's almost done, plus mana. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> did you ever play the game um oh gosh there was um age of mythology and also age of empires i'm trying to remember which one it was one of the age of whatever wait, wait. um it's probably age of empires but go on yeah, yeah um but they had a cheat code where you can give yourself uh laser bears so these like little bears will yes. come out of nowhere oh, and like defeat oh your enemies yes there was that was age of <laughs> that was age of empires because if you typed in a uh, photon man you got an army of <laughs> photon men with laser guns and if you typed in Jack B. Nimble, they would have basically someone throwing catapults of people called Jack. It would be a human catapult that just gets sent out and dies. And they wonder why we're crazy, because this is what we played. Yeah, 90s games were the best. Oh, definitely, definitely. I'm pretty sure everyone that made those games and the cartoons was high on psychedelics. I'm pretty sure of it. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm certain they were high on psychedelics at the time. Well, if I remember, one of the god powers you had in Age of Mythology was to have giant sna uh, spiders come out of the ground and just like eat everyone from, like eat your enemies from the ground that they're under or on top of, I should say. So yeah, I would definitely agree. Yeah, like, they must have been on something. It's just pretty much like that's the spider we should put that in the game. <laughs> like, what god power should we have? Giant spiders. Yeah. <laughs> just the pitch meeting for that would be amazing. But kind of like rolling it back ever so slightly. So with the whole thing with the Ian um, ENFP. Like mm -hmm. the reason I'm actually kind of exploring this a little bit is because I actually I, I did a video about it earlier today, in terms of um, chaos versus order, right? Yes. So the way I look at it is that like I'm someone that craves chaos. I just do. Mm -hmm. That's where I thrive. Chaos is my happy place. Like I'm, uh, my client's probably gonna listen to this, but fuck it. Hi Andrew. Hello. Um, <laughs> I still haven't started on the work that's supposed to be delivered in twelve hours from now. Oh, you have time. Yeah, pretty much. After this podcast, I have like three <laughs> phone calls, I have to eat, and I have to go to sleep. And I'm still probably going to get the work done before then. I have no idea how, but fuck it, it's going to happen because, you know, genius level shit always happens. Um, that ENFP, absolutely. Pretty much typical ENFP, last minute everything. But what I was going to say is that you, as creatures, we are made of both sides. So we do have dualities. Yes, we thrive under pressure. Yes, we thrive under chaos. But in your opinion, do you believe that you can actually thrive under order as well? Or do you believe um, that we just get bored in order? Um, well, I mean, obviously, like, so there's, there's two sides to this, right? Like, of course, you know, you do want to have, um, and I agree, too, with having chaos as being like, that. it's kind of the fuel to my creativity, right? Like, pressing deadlines, you know, 800 fires going on at the same time, that's when my best work comes out. But at the same time, you know, a human being, even if you are a genius ENFP like us, um, we don't necessarily thrive just on that because that leads to burnout, right? So, and this is something I emphasize a lot with people because again, there's that emphasis. So, oh, I want to be the villains, um, Myers-Briggs, or I want to be the super creative type like us. It's, you know, there are 
you know, pros and cons to every type and no type is inherently better than the other. Each one has strengths and weaknesses. So for for our strengths, you know, one of them is surviving in chaos, but one of our weaknesses is also having to need chaos too, right? And, you know, in order to have a functioning business, there has to be some semblance of order for you to just get stuff done. Because if not, it's just not going to get done. So even like you having that deadline, right? Um, even though you're, you're going to be, you know, doing it basically overnight um, in the next 12 hours or, or whenever this podcast ends. Um, <laughs> 12 <it's>, hours <laughs> later, stall the goddamn podcast. Exactly. I mean, it's 9.30 a.m. for me, so I'm ready to go. But um, so, so, you know, you still have some bit of order because a client says it is due 12 hours from now. Well, so, and this is seem- shit, but it's more or less me. I set the deadlines. So yeah, it's just tomorrow. Right. I have like nine, I have nine podcasts to record oh. tomorrow. <laughs> well, oof, my goodness. So this is, this is um, where that having a bit of order helps because if not, it's just not going to get done because P it stands for perceiving, right? It's because we kind of take things as they come. And in that sort of, um, you know, we don't do well with things being, you know, in measured bites or in, in, you know, God forbid having an actual schedule. Um, but at the same time, you know, P also stands for <laughs> procrastination in my opinion, because yeah. if we can, you know, if it's something we can do it later, we will do it later. Um, so it, it, there has to be a healthy balance too, because if you're, you know, for some people they think, well, oh, well then I have to hire or, um, work with a J that's not necessarily the greatest thing either because, you know, life happens, right? You know, there's shit happens where, you know, they can't make that deadline or, you know, something falls out. Um, and they don't, like, if you're two J, you can't handle that change. Right. Um, you know, a traffic jam can like totally derail their entire day. Oh, I'm 10 minutes late for this one thing. Now I don't know what I'm going to do. So there has to be a healthy, uh, a healthy balance between having a loose grip, but still having a grip on whether it's your time, whether it's um, your content creation, whether it's, you know, your productivity, I should say. Um, And it it really has to be a healthy balance between both. So definitely embrace the fact that you can, you know, do things in 12 hours because a lot of people can't do that. Um, I remember I I wrote my graduating thesis that was supposed to be a year-long project in about four days and it was 80 pages or something. And um, I got an A minus. That That's so awesome. See, I, I I love. I was talking to a friend about like the client I was speaking to on the phone before I got on the podcast with you. Um, he doesn't know this, and maybe he does because he knows me quite well and how I work and stuff. Because he helped me with my transformation, which is awesome. Um, yeah, because like the last six eight weeks from before we did we were recording the show in uh, in May. I've actually come out way more out of my shell with how I am online, which is fun. Mm. Uh, and as you can tell from this second version of the podcast, we, we're having, <laughs> we had fun on the first one, but we're kind of crossing more barriers on this one, which is brilliant. Um, I didn't actually write his entire webinar funnel until four hours before the deadline. Mm. And I basically started from zero in four hours. I had the opt-in, five video scripts, all the ads, all the emails, all the web, the full webinar, the webinar closed, the sales summary page, and the post follow up sequence, all done. In wow. four hours, I looked and I went, "How the fuck did I do this? Why can't it's I like be you this?" Like black out and just. <laughs> Thing is, I again, I have to be in an emotional state, right? So I have to like be excited, sad, angry, whatever it is. But if I'm mm. angry, oh my god, you don't want to be in the same apartment as me because like you can just hear me just slamming it, like keys to the board, and you're like, he's angry right now, isn't he? Like, yeah, pretty much just angry typing. You hear me cussing out my client, like stupid asshole doesn't know what he's doing. How dare you change what I'm actually doing? Man, I do that very often. But I love my clients, but I also call them assholes. It's actually in my <laughs> contract to actually say that I will swear at them. 
<laughs> That's a great clause to have. It's because like I've I, I remember the first time I called one of my American clients uh, the c word and they freaked out on me. So since then I've put it in my clause saying that I will I'm entitled to three of these for every month I work with you because I will or, call you on at least once a week. <laughs> or you could have like a, a digital swear jar where every swear word that you say is another thousand dollars I have to pay you. I don't know. <laughs> no, because that, 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 that why would I? Why would they have to pay me for swearing? <laughs> well, looks... it's part of the you know they're 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 part of the adult experience, right? Of of being around you when you're swearing at them, it's your best work that comes out. So I'm I'm just hamster spinning this to make it better for you. That'd be good, <laughs> except for just like you do know now. I'm just they're going like, no, we're not doing that. Why? It's like he he cussed six times in a row for no reason, other for six thousand dollars. I'm like, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, economy. That's basically like verbal hook. That's the equivalent of verbal prostitution. Oh. <laughs> verbal prostitution i'm holding you at will like you have to pay me on just a swear jar by the way i'm also going to take not like this show stephanie's been absolutely amazing but you've been absolutely amazing trying to like kind of slightly like ratchet it up to the point where like yeah we'll be we'll be normal we can we can show people we have knowledge and skill i'm going to take it down like a couple of notches again um the p does stand for, for procrastination uh, i do yeah but i I'm going to change it. I'm going to say it goes one step further. And it made it much worse when you started saying, like, you have a, f a fast and loose grip on the concept of how you change, depending as pure J. Because the thing was, I was going to say, it's usually not procrastination. It's procrastination. Because you will, like, ENFPs, I know this for a fact because I know far too many of them. We'll get bored and we'll, we want to procrastinate, but we won't procrastinate like normal people. We won't be like, I'm going to go watch a movie. I'm going to go do this. It's usually sex, food, or being outside. It's one uh, of those yeah. three. Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, I remember the night before uh, my torts final, which was like my first semester in law school. Um, and at the time I was working uh, at a firm, so I was juggling the whole full-time job and part-time school. And still, I was. it was a Tuesday night, and I was literally in a club. <laughs> the night before my torts final. And also the night before work in general, so yeah. Um, cause that made sense to me at the time, <laughs> like, yeah. oh, I have all this extra energy from, you know, drinking 8,000 coffees today. I'm going to go with my friend to wherever we want. And yeah, but I, I was actually a networking event. So that was my excuse. So I'm like, oh, well, this is for professional development. Okay. Pass me that hookah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Oh my God. That's the best. I can actually imagine saying, yeah, yeah, no, no. Yeah. Give me that. <laughs> It's like, and I'm be... like, what? And as the bubbles are going on. <laughs> so I'll be fine-ish, I guess. Mm -hmm. We'll find out. <laughs> oh my I God. did okay. I think I got like a B, B plus or something See, like that. So. you're one of the rare ENFPs I actually, ENF, yeah, ENFPs I know that actually gets, um, they, they pass their tests and shit. I don't. I'm like the exact opposite of that. Like... <laughs> I would show, I used to show up late to class, like my science teacher hated my guts and I only found out why recently was because apparently I'd show up to class and because she hated me so much and I didn't like her energy, I'd put on my iPod and put my earphones in and just like sit there and like sleep in the front row. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it wasn't even That's... like that bad kid in the back. I'd sleep in the front row because I'm like, That's... what? I'm going to openly defy you, bitch. <laughs> That's kind of badass actually. Um, yeah. It gets... Yeah, so... I was going to say real quickly, it gets better because the reason she hated me was that she literally used to uh, wake me up 
and ask me a really hard question from the human biology book. And I'd ask her to repeat it. And the second time she'd ask it, and this is how you know you're an ENFP, is you'd get the answer and then you'd get the question and you just give them the right answer. And it's the most frustrating thing in the world because they're like, huh, I'm going to, oh shit, you're actually right. Damn it. <laughs> you know, my art history professor in college used to do that to me. Um, I wasn't as, as bad as you in terms of falling asleep in the, in the front of class, but I used to sit in the back of class and knit. <laughs> because it was so freaking boring to keep going over the same Renaissance slides over and over again that I need, I, I had such jumpy energy that I had to do something with my hands. So instead of like procrastinating in the middle of class, I decided to yeah, that, that would be a bit awkward, <laughs> just <laughs> yeah, a little, little yeah. bit. I think that's the start of like porn movies <laughs> that you get nowadays. Like, what was that? I was in the back of the class, just bored. So I decided to <laughs> masturbate and my, I turned into an orgy. It's like, thanks guys. You know, <laughs> if some screenwriter uses that for like the next porn movie, I want royalties. Yeah. So if browsers ever uses it, you need to come after them. <laughs> oh, hell's yeah. Me with my like no money whatsoever to go after them. It's like, yeah, no, fuck you. I have proof. <laughs> the evidence. So, so my art history professor, um, I remember I, eventually I had to ask her for a recommendation for, um, for, I forgot even what it was for. And um, so she wrote that in the recommendation that she used to get so annoyed at me sitting in the back of the class knitting. But the thing is that I was still paying attention to it. I didn't take any notes. I didn't do any of that. I just needed to listen to her. And, um, and she, so she would ask me questions and I'd be able to answer her and it frustrated her. And that's the reason why she gave me a very good recommendation. Like she literally wrote it like, and this is why I recommend her for this, whatever program it was. <laughs> She'll annoy the shit out of you, but she's actually a good student. She knows what she's doing. <laughs> she's like annoyingly smart. And I'm like, thank you. That is the best compliment I've gotten so far. <laughs> See, I love that. No, I just, um, like something I realized very, very recently was I actually apparently play the idiot far too often. Mm. Which is why my Facebook post uh, today was I'm the I am the Mark Ruffalo of the uh, direct response industry. Mm. Because like if you seriously think about it, like what is Mark Ruffalo like? Mark Ruffalo is essentially that he's that sweet guy that you know everyone's like oh he's so nice and cool and whatever it is. But also around other actors, he looks like oh my god you're an actor you're amazing. He's like starstruck around them. But he's an actor himself. I'm like that with direct response people. I'm like, yeah, oh my God, like Stephanie, Ben, Shane, like all these other people, like Caleb, you guys are amazing and great. And then like every so often, bless Shane, you and or everyone I've just mentioned, fucking love all of you. Literally just like, Caleb literally turned around because I was doing an interview for his group yesterday. He turns around to me and he's like, when I said that after the call, like after the thing ended, we were on a phone call. He goes, just a heads up, mate. And he's Irish, by the way. He's like, just a heads up, mate. You do know that you're a really good copywriter as well. So people are starstruck by you. I was like, what, really? No, I don't understand. <laughs> I was like, so <laughs> like, out of it. So that's that's why we're, I'm the Mark Ruffalo of the direct response game. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. You know, it's, it's great that you say that too, because, I mean, he will be starstruck, but meanwhile, he's in the same movie as everyone else. Yeah, pretty but much. It's he like, is... he, he's a big part of the movie, and he's like, wait, no, wait, what? <laughs> What? That's all. Oh, he's just Bruce Banner, you know? <laughs> it's just like, I'm the Hulk. What? I'm the Hulk? Yeah, sure. By the way, have you seen Infinity War yet? I haven't. But I already know, apparently, I'm supposed to be or will be upset by the ending. Yeah, you will be. Yeah, no no I, spoilers there, but you're just going to be upset. 
Yeah, I, I just got around to seeing Black Panther like last week. Yeah, so, I know, and you got shushed by was it a white uh, what was it a white steward person usher whatever it was? They took your candy. Yeah, I wasn't shushed. <laughs> I was my candy was appropriated for me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, so we, we uh, Ben and I had saw the movie um, like the last week that it was out, right? Because I think like they were releasing the DVD like that Friday or something. And, you know, we were the only ones in the theater. So we had decided to bring our, you know, we, we snuck in some candy, right? We snuck in some candy and like small little bottles of Coke. We still bought from the, uh, from the concession stand. So it wasn't like we were like ripping anybody off. We spent like $50 on just that, you know, on the concession stand alone. But we just wanted to have our own little party at the, in the back, right? And so in the middle of the movie, we're the only ones in the theater, right? And so I understand they're going to check in to make sure like no shenanigans are going on. But, you know, they... so. In the back, we're sitting all the way at to the top of the, the top row. This guy named Tanner, right? Because, of course, typical his name is Tanner. White. Yeah, cool. typical, yeah, typical name, right? He, yeah, he was like 16, like pimply-faced Tanner. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, around. Tanner. He comes up the stairs because we're all the way up in like the, you know, the nosebleed seats. And he says, I'm sorry, but you're not allowed to bring this candy over. And he confiscates my, my soda and my little tiny little bag of candy. Meanwhile, I have like the giant popcorn from the concession stand downstairs next to me. And I'm like, are you serious? Like, you just saw us. <laughs> you know? But um, yeah, so he decided to uh, appropriate my candy mid-movie. Meanwhile, um, he didn't take Ben's. He only took mine. What? So, That's yeah. so... I mean, I, I will say that Ben probably did a better job of hiding it than I did because I forgot that we didn't own the movie theater. So I was kind of just like, yay, like with my, you know, my Coke in my hand and like didn't care. But um, yeah, wait, I didn't expect him to come mid-movie. <laughs> wait, how tall is Ben? Uh, he's about 5'8". Okay, how tall are you? I'm 5'2". Okay, oh my God, you're so small, you're a smurf. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I'm an inch away from being like a, a dwarf, basically. <laughs> pretty much. You'd get that from me like right away. I wonder how tall Shane is now. I've got to like message him afterwards. Like, how, like why? I was like, I have no reason for this. I think my whole thing was, I was going to say, I wonder how Ben would quickly hide it. Because I can just imagine Ben like, I'm going to sneakily like put it into my cap or something. Yeah, he was like, what What soda? Like, I'm sure, like, went in his sleeve or something. And meanwhile, it was, like, mid-swig when he came up. Like, I think but, Ben's just a magician right now at this point. Oh, pretty much, yeah. He's, he's um, and, and that's, like, the INTJ thing, right? Like, he's he's, he's the villain's, uh, the, the villain's Myers-Briggs type. He, he's very good at um, manipulating the his surroundings to suit him. So, and that includes hiding his soda. Um, but, but actually to answer your question, Shane, I think, and I'm sure he'll correct me if I'm getting this wrong. I think he's like 5'11". Um, and I remember this cause when I met him, he told me that I was much taller on the internet because yeah, I, no, I, I, no, I, I could imagine you being like, I, I would, I thought you were taller as well for some reason. Everybody does. <laughs> and they meet me and they're like, Oh my God, you're so small. I'm like, thanks. You're a munchkin. <laughs> yeah, pretty much <laughs> yeah i will actually pinch your cheeks when i meet you i'm not even kidding <laughs> and like give me a noogie or something like, no, right on the head i wouldn't go that far because that, that remember i'm brown that could look like assault <laughs> <laughs> but it's not if it's on another brown person then it's over here it counts ah, well. they actually take color on color crime seriously over here it's not like over there where they're like, ah, they're just the same color. It's fine. They'll work it out. They probably know each other. They're friends. <laughs> right. This is the way they say hello to each other. <laughs> Pretty much. 
<laughs> no. Okay, so I'm actually quite happy. I'm still ruling as the tallest in the bunch and the youngest. So yeah, I got the youngest and the tallest in the bag. Wait, how tall are you? I'm six foot tall. Like, I'm, oh, so I'm, you're like a foot taller than me, thanks. Yeah, like, well, actually... <laughs> In fairness, I'm six foot and half an inch tall, which is un- which is the most annoying thing ever because I'm half an inch taller than like than what I say. But I'm like, I'd say I'm six one, but I'd be half an inch shorter, and I feel like I'm lying there. Well, you could say almost six one. It still doesn't count because that means like yeah, I'm like, yeah, it's it's a centimeter off, but it's fine. But no, being the youngest is kind of awesome because it it, it annoys Shane to no end that I'm actually younger than he is. Wait, so how old are you now? Because now I'm I'm. Thinking, wait, how old are you? Take a guess. Like, stab in the dark. Uh, I, I was going to say 30, maybe. I don't uh, know. This... No. No? No. What? Oh, you have the melanin, too. Oh, I got carded the other day, so I understand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the best moment in your life when you get carded and you're like, yes. <laughs> but as a man, so... it's the opposite way. I actually like being told I'm older. I love it when someone thinks I'm old. I'm like, yeah, (laughs) I got that maturity in there because I know I look young. Wait, so if you're not 30, then how old are you? If you tell me like 12 or something, I'm going to be a little weirded out. (laughs) Close. Uh, I'm actually 11. I just turned 11, you know, just got the facial hair. We get that at 10. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. I'm 28. (laughs) Oh, no way. Okay. I turned 29 this year. Uh, it's really weird like my friend was saying like because uh, she's turning 35 and she's like oh my god I don't want to turn 35 it's like I can't wait to turn 35 <laughs> and she's like why I was like <laughs> no 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 because I know I'm going to be in shape because I keep myself in shape mm. plain and simple martial arts training happy times workout that kind of thing here's the other thing when you hit 35 as a man you start maturing like a fine wine you just get better with age Yeah, white hair on you looks better on me. I'll tell you that much. (laughs) I found my first gray hair yesterday. Did you? Yeah. My sister's been teasing me for years about getting gray hair. I'm like, no, not going to happen. Got the. It it was a single lone soldier in the fucking middle of my chin that just stuck out, like the bit between my my chin and my lip, my bottom lip, just the middle. That single gray hair, like the soul patch. (laughs) <laughs> like, i wish it was part. a f- I, kind of but i have a full-on beard going right now so it's like mm-hmm. right in the middle of that like look at me uh, i was like i was like you're getting plucked out <laughs> goodbye little hair well here's here's the problem with the there's pros and cons in the melanin right like you know we look you know way too young right i, get, I told you that i got carded and like was like like aggressively carded too it was kind of crazy but <laughs> give me your card <laughs> no my, my well my license expired and they're like they didn't want i was buying a bottle of wine and they're like We're, we can't serve you and i'm like why <laughs> like and i of course went another like what do you mean you can't serve me like is there something wrong with my kind no my license had expired but <laughs> it's a totally different reason uh, <laughs> and i was like oh okay but um so the thing with melanin too is that you know we naturally have thicker hair so and also the rest of us are brown yep. so when you have a gray hair it sticks out like a sore thumb you know, Oh yeah, it's like you have like the Doctor Strange stripe, but it's like one hair. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Like the nice way of putting it is, we basically stick out like a white guy at Coachella. Mm. <laughs> or um, you could say, um, or my favorite's uh, like a, a, a little raisin in a bowl of milk. You know, <laughs> so basically, a Kanye concert in Texas. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, thank you, Donald Glover, for that one. Oh, his new video looks amazing by the way if you've not seen it i would definitely recommend watching it i haven't seen it yet but i heard there's a lot of um allegory in it and i, I always like when people are very um 
Um, when there's a lot of Easter eggs and a lot of thought behind the imagery. Yeah, I was kind of wondering what you meant by allegory. I was like, wait, what? Is that a new phrase? I don't oh, know. Allegory. I just is mm. my you know 10 a.m. mumble. Skim <laughs> a words on. That's what we do. Uh, but yeah, it's um, so it's, man, that that video is amazing. Just so much to be there. Now, okay, we've gone everywhere on this, so I'm gonna try and like quote unquote serious it up a little bit. But you yeah. know, guys, this is what like Stephanie are gonna be like. We we just talking like shit just comes out all the time. Um. So one of the key things I did want to actually discuss with you particularly was, so we know that the villain types personality is, you know, is it INTJ? It's INTJ or INTP, yeah. Okay, INTG, uh, I, the INTs basically makes you a villain. Um, mm-hmm. So under that same guise, what would you say the EN uh, the ENs would be, like the ENFs? Well, I okay, so in looking up, you know, and researching what were some of the common villains. Cause I, I like to use um, examples when teaching this, you know, just yep. so it makes it easier for people like, Oh, okay. So this type is like, you know, I might want my first to use all the characters in game of Thrones because there's so much their type and, and they even change type during the show. So if you're a geek like me and like follow all of that, yeah. um, it's really easy to see how it, it works in, in another character. But in trying to find a villain that was an ENF was very, very hard. Um, and in fact, actually, I don't know of a villain who is an ENFP. Um, I can think of one. Really? Yeah. Who do you think? The Joker, clearly. I don't think he's an F, though. Oh, he I is. Think, do you think so? Because it seems like he's a T sometimes. Because he doesn't, it's it's not out of a, well, it also depends on which Joker you're talking about. You can be talking about Heath Ledger, or you can be talking about the comics. I'm talking about um, the Mark Hamill Heath Ledger. Ah, okay. The, the um, best two, basically. The best two jokes. And the reason <laughs> I say this, and here's my argument for it. So F is feeling, right? Mm-hmm. If you really think about it, Joker's entire thing is, do I look like a type of person that has a plan? Well, then that's very P of him. Well, he's... Hmm. So I actually have a hard time typing the Joker. Um, and as I said, depending on what iteration of the Joker he is. Um, for, uh, for the Heath Leather Joker, which is honestly, I'm not... Um, you know, that well-versed in the DC universe. Um, he seems to be more of an ENTP simply because he's not attached to the outcome in any way. And it's not to say that ENFPs are necessarily attached to the outcome either because as a P, you know, we have uh, the, the attention span of a goldfish, right? Yeah. We'll just be disappointed all the time you know, because we keep letting go of all the things. But um, we do things in what feels good. But he does things, it seems like, what will create the greatest reaction out of other people. To a degree, but I'll counter that. A little verbal sparring here. Okay, so I agree with you on some of those points. But the reason is, if you really look at his actions, like really melt down his actions, you'll realize they're partially self-serving, but he is attached to the outcome. Because what is his outcome that he wants? He wants the Batman. He wants the Batman dead. That is his outcome. He wants to beat the Batman. So, so he's, he's attached mm-hmm. to that outcome. So I'm just going to go. So he's attached to that outcome. But also, when me by when he says that, do I look like a guy that has a plan? It looks like he does have a plan quite often because it's a classic misdirection. But if you see him in certain situations where he's completely freeballing it, like completely making it up as he goes along, if you played any Arkham games or watched the Batman TV show, you know, sometimes he kind of like goes complete off script and mm-hmm. leaves like other people like Harley in danger and stuff like that, just simply because he wants to. That, in my opinion, his unattachment and also the fact that he plays by how he feels and what he perceives at the same time 
makes him more of an ENFP because he is far more well, an ENF. He's far more a um, he's more extroverted than any other villain out there because his whole thing is charisma. Oh, absolutely. He's definitely an E. And he, he lives off of the reaction from other people, which makes him extremely E. That, that and, laugh just gives yeah. you everything. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, that's really the, the critical part of really determining whether someone's an E or an I, for instance. Because often they think, oh, well, that person's really good in public, you know, public speaking or on stage. They must be an E. It's not the case. It's whether or not you need the reaction from the other person. Um, and the only thing that I, I would raise about the F, though, and this is also depends, maybe he could be a very self-aware ENF, um, because, uh, and I, I talk about this a little bit, where there's, you know, I, I call it the shadow side of a, of a type, right? Where, you know, we have the funny, zany, kind of, uh, again, like the flying by the seat of our pants side of the ENFP, but there's also kind of a dark side to the ENFP, right? Which is, um, sometimes it can be a tendency towards depression. It can be a tendency towards withdrawal because mm-hmm. um, we, we get so feelings out, like we burn out and then you need to you know, withdraw. And also we take things sometimes too personally. Yeah. And um, so a really big part of determining whether someone's an F or at least a well, you know, maybe not so much as an F, is how much do they take things personally, personally and how much do they internalize it. And especially if you're an E, because again, you have to, you rely on the, the, the reactions of other people um, that let's say like the, the ability to make someone laugh, for instance, or the ability to, to you almost, you, you base your self value on that because you get your feelings from it. Right. A T would be like, okay, well, I didn't make the other, you know, I bombed on stage, whatever, who cares? But an ENF will take it personally. Like I bombed because they don't like me. So it depends mm-hmm. too on, you know, how much does he really care on what, uh, what are other people's reactions to him? And I know that, you know, again, he's very E, so he does depend on it, but does he determine his self-worth on it? Or is he able to discern um, whether, and of course, like he is a joker, so he's kind of out there anyway, but is he, does he take, does he internalize it to the point where he takes it personally is really the question. And that's some, that's like the eternal battle that an ENFP or ENF anything really has. Um, in, in, you know, making sure, whether it's business or whatever, to not do that, to not take things personally, not be a snowflake in a way. By the way, I always (laughs) found that term quite interesting when people say snowflake. And it's hilarious to me. It's like, oh my God, you're such a snowflake. My answer is, yes, I am. Thank you. I've been telling everyone that for years. Why? Because I'm special and unique for the love of God. Because when you were at school, (laughs) everyone was like, you're not mommy's little special snowflake. And now it's like, now it's like you're a snowflake because you're too sensitive. Back then it was like toughen up. Now mm. it's the weirdest thing in the world. So I'm like, no, I'm special. Fuck you. It's my response <laughs> to everything. Well, even um, so one thing is it's, it's talking about snowflakes. It reminds me um, there was a, a in in biz psychology the last couple of weeks. I've been talking a lot about um trolls, mm-hmm. right? And like, what are the personality types of trolls? And how are you acting on your shadow side when either dealing with trolls or being kind of a troll yourself. And one of the things that um, most trolls are, are that they, they are looking for some kind of external validation, right? So they are, you know, almost relying on you getting mad at them in order to survive, right? So this is like being an E to like the extreme almost, right? So and to kind of, you know, I, I know I'm contradicting myself because I, I did originally type uh, the Joker as ENTP, but I think, you know, and again, you, you are much more versed in the comic book universe than I am about that. But um, if he is an ENFP or ENF, you know, what have you, 
um, that would go well with what a lot of trolling behavior is like because they almost thrive off of other people's upset because that feeds their own emotional need, right? Wait, so does that mean that we are basically trolls by nature? Yes. And one part of it too is because we don't take... <laughs> Sorry, is you this just, a light bulb? You, 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 yeah, this is a light bulb moment for me because, like, I have this whole thing where this is why I question whether I'm an ENFP quite often. It's because I do get attached to things. I do sometimes feel weird about them, and if I hurt someone's feelings, I get very, very. Mm. Oh, I'm so sorry. But then again, if you walk the streets of London with me, and it's just me and you, not in a group, just me and you, you will see me do this one thing that I do quite often when with my friends that are like me. I will listen in on people's conversations and mock them. That is such an ENFP thing to do. Yeah, like I can hear other people's <laughs> conversations. <laughs> it's like walking down the street. I had I had someone go, oh my God, these shoes are amazing. I was like, oh my God, these shoes are so amazing. Yay. Just literally mocked the shit out of them. They didn't even hear me. I just did it for my own fun. Uh, walking out of a cake shop, because I live right around the corner from one of the best cake shops in London. I literally walked out and all I heard was this, like I'm walking up the alleyway to my apartment and I hear this like really old Italian guy just turn around and goes, at least I'm not gay to a gay man that was standing right there. And oh the, the only thought I could think of was, um, yeah, you're not, but you are definitely flaming. <laughs> 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 you know, just one of those things. But sorry, I just had to like, that was a light bulb moment for me. I was like, I need to share this. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because it's, it's so part of that trolling nature, right, is, is that we don't really take things seriously. Like same way we don't really take deadlines seriously. Um, or, you know, any other kind of rule really seriously, which is a very P part. It comes out in like that sort of need to be charismatic because it's not a need like in a needy sort of way, but it's just, you know, we thrive off of other people, right? Again, the Chupacabra thing. So, you know, we (laughs) like to make people feel a certain kind of way when around us. So either it could be to make them laugh or it could be to kind of piss them off a little bit. Or, you know, and sometimes at the expense of other people. And also being an N, right, um, which is, it stands for intuitive, which doesn't make sense because that's I, but anyway. And that's not my fight to have with uh, Myers-Briggs. But, um, you know, an N is someone, they call it intuitive because you're able to take what's in, what's in front of you and almost project what that is in the future, if that makes sense. So um, they're always, uh, as an N, you're always forward thinking. So one of those things as being a very forward thinking person is also being very witty. Because you can take what's in front of you and make a witty, you know, uh, the one liner, you know, the one way to, to, to mock these people. And um, so just in those that collection of types, right, that collection of, of uh, the variables that we are makes us <laughs> more likely to troll, which also then means you can embrace that. Right. You can say, I'm uh, I'm a naturally I'm going to I'm, I'm going to troll people. So how about I just run with it and then make that be my, you know, how I am online. Right. Let me um, let me use that in my emails. Let me use that in my copy because it's it's something that captivates people. Right. Um, it's also something that uh, people will gravitate towards you. That's uniquely an ENFP thing versus, you know, oh, here's all the hardcore value that I need. It's it's a, it's infotaining, if anything. That's actually good to know because, like, that's what the light bulb moment was because I don't... Well, you've noticed it. I don't troll and mock people online. I only just specifically do that on videos and on my podcast. Mm-hmm. But now it's kind of like, ooh, wait, no, this is part of my nature. No wonder I have the feeling to do this. <laughs> it's like the whole procrastination thing. That 
<laughs> right. It's, it's because, you know, you have an audience, right? You have an in-baked audience, whether it's, you know, your, your podcast listeners or if it's, you know, the people who are, you know, you know, friends with you on Facebook, whether it's your followers on Twitter. So you have them there. So you might as well use what you have in order to get more eyeballs on you. And one of those things that as, um, as an ENFP, and, and there's also other types too that are good at this, but for other reasons, right, is again, you know, because you're an E and because you're an F, you're really good at reading the room. And also making that snap kind of one, you know, one liner about whatever is on the news right now to get attention. Right. So this is whenever people are talking about like wanting to be viral, like this is how you really do it, you know. Um, and, and I didn't start actually doing this even for myself, even though I talk about it all the time until recently. And it's something that I realized, you know, this is actually kind of fun. Like all the snarky things that I think in my head, like, why don't I just put them on Facebook? Oh, yeah, <laughs> and, just like all the things I really think about. <laughs> and it's 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 also you know when people talk about polarization and all that like this isn't you know doing it on purpose but you are you know separating out your audience you're galvanizing people to follow you you're kind of cutting away the people who are ambivalent towards you um you're even getting people mad at you right i, I, I remember one time i got like a huge uptick in opt-ins for this that someone actually did a live stream about me because they were really mad about something snarky i said and I was like, oh, thanks. Thanks for the, <laughs> thanks for the, the options. I appreciate it. Um, but that's, that's one of the things that, you know, you can, in knowing your type and knowing what makes you tick, you can really embrace and, and use in your business and also have fun with it too, right? Because that's the whole point, especially as an ENFP. Yeah. I mean, that is one of the big things that like very few people even think about or do is how they can use polarization to actually drive more traffic. Um, it's kind of like uh, the rich jerk all over again. Right. Um, no, one, no one actually ever uses him as much anymore. I mean, that guy did an amazing job, like, killing it. I don't think, is his website even up? I know he had stuff on, like, JVZoo or something, or, like, ClickBank, I forget, but I don't it was, think his... It was, his... It was ClickBank, um, but he did uh, this, like, way before, like, the FTC cracked down, so... Uh, I'm just going to quickly look it up, like, the rich jerk, and see if it's... Uh, no, no, there's just... I don't know if I've actually got this. I'm going to quickly keep going and see if I can find it. His marketing uh, was probably one of the best I've seen. Yes. Um, and I think a lot of people tried to be him badly. <laughs> oh, entirely. They, they can't do it correctly. Yeah. And even like that's what people get wrong about what polarization is. Um, not to say that I'm like necessarily the expert on just that, but, um, you know, it, a lot of people think that being polarizing means you have to say, you know, fuck a lot. <laughs> or like, not um, unless you're actually that person, which I actually am. <laughs> right. I mean, you can tell when someone is naturally, you know, going to say these things versus just like, you know, putting as fuck with like the asterisk or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and people get that wrong all the time. And that also goes into, you know, being not being in your type properly, too. Because when you're in your type, when you're acting as, you know, to the strengths that you naturally have, it comes well naturally, of course. But if you're doing, you're, you're putting on a persona that's not you, and also a personality that's not you, it's painfully evident. And also, that's where um, the burnout happens because you're acting against your own operating system, almost. Yeah, you're trying to basically fight against what's working, and that's going to lead to burnout and a system failure. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Like when I think about it this way, and I know I've actually focused on the ENFPs quite often. Everyone else, it's like, oh, what about all the other Myers Briggs thing? That's why Stephanie has an entire business about this. Go annoy her. <laughs> Don't annoy me. It's called oh. Adela Marcy Unplugged. Obviously, I'm going to ask about shit that I want to ask about. You guys are just here for the ride. Well, so here's, so like I said about the, the everyone wants to be the villain. 
right? Also, everyone wants to be that, that the creative, kind of slightly manic, um, you know, offbeat person being an ENFP. And I, I, I've seen this mostly with, with women, actually. They're like, oh, I'm an ENFP. Da, da, da. And I'm like, no, you're not. Because the moment someone reschedules your manicure appointment, you like lose your mind. It's funny how some of these types are almost glorified in a weird way, which, you know, of course, it's, it's very flattering. Like, oh, of course, everyone wants to be like me. But at the same time, it's like you're not doing yourself the service of actually knowing what your real type is. And that's, I think, where a lot of people spin their wheels because they're trying to act like something else that they're not. And um, and again, like there's, there, I mean, there's plenty of cons. We've gone over a few of the cons um, of what it is like to be an EFP. And I'm like, really? Are you sure you want to be this type? I don't yeah. think you really want to. We're um, erratically crazy. Like by birth, we're just erratic and crazy. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's just. I don't know. It, there's, it's, it's a, it's funny how that kind of mythos happened of like, you know, which type is better than the other when, you know, they're, they all have strengths that, I mean, I wish I were J sometimes. I'm like, man, I would love if I could actually stick to my calendar right? <laughs> you know, or be able to use like a CRM properly <laughs> or use Excel correctly. Oh God. I tried, um, that new, uh, was it Airtable? No. It's supposed to be like Excel. I no. I just I, I literally just draw a graph on my, my notebook. I'm like, this is what I need. <laughs> like, I can, can, can I just like oh my god. Um so Moleskin and a few other companies in the US and around the world actually have this where you have like a live pen. What annoys me is that you have to use like special paper for it. But mm. essentially whatever you write down on the piece of paper shows up on your computer. Oh, I don't know if I can I like that. <laughs> Oh, I do, because could you imagine really? if you're trying to put together like a graph or an artistic piece or like a graphic that you've created, but you can't do it online. So you do it by hand and it shows up on your computer and you're like, oh, now I don't have to do any like photo taking and editing and shit. See, as soon as you said that, the first thing I thought, I was like, what happens if you burn the book? Does it still stay online? <laughs> yes, because it like transfers <laughs> over to your computer. I know, meaning like, you know, if I, if, you know, for whatever reason you're on the run and you need to burn all papers, like it still exists somewhere online. I'm like, oh God, that's really bad. <laughs> I love how like, this is how villains are born, people. It's what we think about. Like, legitimately, okay, here's a game for everyone that wants to like, how do I improve my copy and become a better thinker? I'm just going to give you a little tidbit of a game that I play. I'm going to play this game with Stephanie after the show anyway, because it's going to be hilarious. Uh, so I'm going to give her a run time to actually think about this. It's called Murder. And there's three <laughs> variations. It, there's three variations to it. Murder version one is you have to come up with how you would kill someone and get away with it. Hmm. Right? And you have to tell them and like they after you tell them they have to pick holes in your theory. Um, okay. Second version is you murder them with what's in the room that you're both in. Ah, Okay. Right, that when and the third version is you murder them with what's in the room, and you get away with it. Okay. Right. I'm like so, looking around the room. I'm like, mm, the kitchen's over there. <laughs> ben, I'm sorry, you're going to die today. <laughs> He's already getting it. Like Ben's getting enough bullying from me as it is today. So like, you know, just dies at the end of it. He's going to haunt my ass forever. <laughs> and you're just going to keep grabbing his ass. <laughs> That that would be your job. I'll just keep sending you to do it. <laughs> I think he would enjoy it if it was actually from me, though. That was the other thing. I think he. You know what? I think when you guys meet, he's going to ask you. Like, um, I'm sorry, but where was the ass garbage? I <laughs> thought you were going to get a nice handful. <laughs> Are you kidding me? You don't even. When I meet him, I'm half tempted just to pick him up like a lover would and spin him around <laughs> and put him back down again. <laughs> 
I hope he says we in like his very dull embarrassed like we <laughs> just I hope he does that <laughs> just because like he and I have had this discussion about like playing white and brown slavery when we're around each other when I'm there <laughs> it's <laughs> just for the fuck of it why not <laughs> because it's and, just be funny and this is where the picket happens Remember you, you <laughs> this you is the picket this, point I, seriously yeah. I've given enough evidence for a picket march on this entire show I've, I've given like some people enough evidence to literally start an application to Apple to get me banned <laughs> or um, you should actually mark that um, if you do time stamping you should say like hashtag picket point and you just li list the uh, the minutes in which you know there's several picket points for them to just to make it easier for everyone you know so that way Damn they it. can organize themselves better to uh, rally against you and burn you in effigy no no <laughs> why would I do that no their job shouldn't be easy they have enough handouts as it is <laughs> What they do? Oh, that's brown splaining, I believe. That's brown. Yeah, brown splaining. <laughs> how is how is that a thing? <laughs> I wish it were a thing. I, I, I find want it, it to be a thing. I find it hilarious. I, I still find it funny when someone's like, "Oh my god, you're mansplaining." I'm like, "No, no, no. I'm explaining something to you, but you don't think I get it." Okay, explain to me what I'm trying to say to you. Oh, this. No. <laughs> okay, let me explain it to you. I'm sorry, but I like one of my one of my least favorite hobbies and habits that I have is I hate explaining things to stupid people mm. because then you're just stuck there. Or my personal favorite is um, I hate giving people actual advice on what they need to do, only for them to ask some dumbass, slightly remedial uh, and unknown how to actually do the thing that I did and tell me that it's not as good. I'm like, really? Um, where's your results? Hmm? You have some. See no, go yeah. to the corner now. All right, pumpkin, enjoy. That's been the biggest exercise for me in not taking things personally. That I think, because <laughs> I, I know I'm later. right. And then meanwhile, they're like, "Oh, well, I joined this, you know, funnel hacking challenge or whatever the hell." And I'm like, "Oh God, I just told you in our call, you know, to do X, Y, Z." And then I just realized, you know what? If people are going to pay me to not listen, I'm okay. I've learned to be okay with that. Just take the money and just be like, whatever. So if they're not going to, you know, if they're not going to do what I'm telling them to do and, you know, so that's, that's the reason why I don't give free advice anymore. Um, but definitely like divorcing my Unless... worth from their, their inability to follow directions has been really, really hard over the last couple of years. I'd say the only place that realistically that like you give free advice is when you come onto my show. <gasps> you guys have been treated. I know it sounds like a lot of this show sounds like me and just Stephanie making fun of each other the entire time and roping Ben in every so often while we can because you got to get your pot shots in at the villain while you can because mm -hmm. the moment they come online, they just kill you. <laughs> so it's almost like you're doing it while his back is turned. Well, that's what heroes do. Duh. <laughs> and that's what... The kidding no i'm clearly not if anything i'm an anti-hero i'm deadpool let's be honest you know actually there well he's not a villain but he would probably be an enfp actually now i think about it he is an enfp he wouldn't he's not he might he is think, yeah. about, think about completely unattached really um he's a complete troller um his entire being is one big old fuck you to the world mm-hmm <laughs> and he still he loves his woman that's because again the f part right there's always something you are attached to yeah and uh, yeah so that makes sense huh. oh by the way that gives more reason to joke of being an enfp is because harley even despite everything he loves her you know there's that probably this is another picket point 
<laughs> because I remember when uh, when Suicide Squad came up, uh, you know, again, like I'm surrounded by all these, you know, very woo-woo, law of attraction type coaches, and um, i.e. Uh, white yoginis. And um, <laughs> oh they, I remember all the PSAs that were out when Suicide Squad came out because they're like, oh, if you find yourself in a similar Harley Quinn and Joker situation, do know that there's help out there for you. And I'm like, who are you even talking to? <laughs> like, what is? I mean, and you can, and you almost can can bet, right, that people who are complaining about their relationship, that they actually would want to have a relationship like that for themselves, but they're just kind of butthurt about not. That's so partially, my whole thing with like the whole uh, Joker Holly relationship, I'm like, that's a dysfunctional relationship because that's I've seen enough families like that, so I'm like, God, dysfunctional, whatever. But what I'm saying is that he actually cares about Harley, hence why he would be. Oh, yeah. Life. Absolutely, absolutely. Never um, mind the, the DV uh, PSAs that people were putting out at the end when that movie came out. Oh, my God. Oh, is that Ben in the background? No, um, that's his pup. <laughs> his pup sounds, sounds like a human. She is pretty much human. Um, we've already uh, come to that. To that, uh, she's basically just a human in a dog body. Fair enough. Oh my god! <laughs> Did you ever watch um, Black Adder at all? Just I don't know if that ever made it over to the U.S. Black, which one? Black Adder. It's a it's a show from the eighties. No, I, I've never seen it. No. Okay, definitely check that out. But like, it's season two and three are my favorite ones. But the humor in it is freaking gold. Like you have, you have uh, Tony Robinson, who is the time guy from the UK, but you have like Hugh Laurie, Dr. House, uh, Stephen Fry and Rowan Atkinson, a.k.a. Mr. Bean, all literally um, in the same show. That's amazing. I have to check. So you said it's from the 80s? Yeah. Or is it based in the 80s? Oh, no, it's okay. in the 80s. Like the first season is shit because it's based in medieval times. The second season is based during the ru- rule of Queen Elizabeth. Uh, the third season is based on the rule of Prince George, who is a bit of an idiot, and the mm. fourth rule is uh, the fourth uh, season is the start uh, is during the First World War. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's hilarious. Like they've got so many running recurring themes and different characters playing different roles. It you'd watch it and you'll laugh. I, I it's so dry humor that you would enjoy it. <laughs> so I have to check this out and then yeah. uh, I'll well, definitely. Actually- well, oh, sorry, yeah, you'll definitely get back to me. What I was going to say was that you the reason I actually recommend everyone watch this is because if you're going from a perspective of understanding personality and how writing is done and how you actually persuade and use humor in your writing, watch this show because the way they weave in humor is incredible. Like, um, and there's, it's, it's clever humor, like very clever humor. You can't be a th- you can't be an idiot and watch it. You can, but you won't get half the jokes. Like, mm. for instance, with uh, Macbeth in like the third season, the actors, uh, Prince George is a complete idiot. So he basically um, hires some actors to help him get better with public speaking. And Rowan Atkinson, Black out of the titular character, is the butler in this scenario. And um, <laughs> what does he do? He basically just... Uh, Every time they're like, we don't like this, the the term the Scottish. We call it the Scottish play because if you say Macbeth to an actor, it's like bad luck. Mm-hmm. So they have this little superstition that they go through, and he keeps saying Macbeth just to fuck with them, like oh. classically trolls them. 
<laughs> and that is a great example of showing you. And the way he does it, so for instance, for an email piece that you could definitely do if you're a Blackadder fan, it's just saying, if you've not watched Black Blackadder, ignore this now, or whatever it is. And it's just like, just start off your email with Macbeth, and, you know, do the little rhyme at the end, and just be like, okay, now I've got your attention, blah, 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 whatever it is that they want to talk about. It's a fun little way of, like, tying it all in. But now we're actually heading up to my favorite part of the show, because I've kept you on the show for a little bit longer than uh, I thought, which is awesome. My, one of my favorite questions, I think I asked you this. I didn't ask you this last year, actually, because it's a new question. But if you had to pick three books, one has to be fiction and not any of Ben's, um, so, and it can be a movie, and two nonfiction books that you'd recommend for everyone to read, what would they be? Oh, my goodness. This is like a trick question. Um, I feel like you just called on me in class. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, for fiction... Um, it can I be a movie. To... It can be a movie as well. It can be a movie. Okay. Well, I'm actually going to, you know, follow the directions and say that it's it's a this is actually you know a, a novel, and it actually had a huge impact on me when I was growing up. Uh, when I say grow up, I was mean high school. I read it when I was about 16. <laughs> There's a height joke I... in there. I'm not going to make it. <laughs> yeah. I was 16 when I read this, so it actually was a very formative experience because it was the first time. And going back to actually the personality typing too. Um, I do think that it's by the author Tom Robbins, who um, I believe he's an ENFP as well. And so he kind of, he created this, it's, the, the book is called Jitterbug Perfume. And it's about two people who met, I think, uh, when Bohemia was still a place, right? So this is what, like, uh, like during the Germanic tribes, whatever BC that is or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, when uh, it's about two people who essentially discover the secret to living forever. And spoiler alert, the secret to living forever is uh, cyclical breathing, lots of sex, and bathing, which of course goes against all the things up until, you know, the modern era, right? And it's, so it's just, it's, it travels forwards and backwards, it has really crazy characters, and it's a very deep but very lighthearted book. And it talks about these really big things like, you know, immortality, all that stuff, but it does it in such a funny, goofy way that it doesn't take itself seriously. And it actually even still like, you know, 400 years later, right? mm -hmm. <laughs> or I should say, you know, less than that. But um, it's been a really it was very, very formative because it was just it was so funny. Right. Like uh, uh, one person I know compared it to a confederacy of dunces in a way, which I haven't read. But um, if anyone is familiar with that, I've heard it's very similar to it. But again, it's kind of like, you know, time is irrelevant. Um, also it was like two people from totally different, like one, again, it was in Bohemia, one was in India met randomly. And it's, it's all about, um, this weird happenstance kind of things and how, you know, again, don't take things seriously. So I'm totally not doing the book, uh, any service at all by describing it this way, but it really was a very interesting book for people who kind of want to see, or, um, kind of uh, want to see how an ENFP brain works, or they want to have something or they want to read something that is, a bit more lighthearted, especially compared to some fiction that's like really deep and dark and, you know, about wartime and things like that. So um, I really, really love that book. And um, so it's still one of my favorites. Um, so yeah, that's for fiction. Now for nonfiction, that's actually an interesting one. Um, and especially because for nonfiction, I've kind of had um, some hits or misses, like a lot of the books that people usually herald as being like, oh, this is the book that changed my life, da 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 da. I don't really like it. <laughs> so I'm trying to think now. Um, hmm. Oh, this is going to be interesting. Um, 
I'm actually, I think I might have to get back to you on that. Because I'm, I'm, well, you know what? Okay, one of the books I'll, I'll say is a book that I'm actually currently reading now. And it's called uh, Supernatural. Okay. And it's kind of a, an interesting book because it's actually, it's about the Bible. But it's about all the supernatural um, instances in it, right? So it has this whole thing that, you know, there's actually a lot of, especially if you, you talk to any Christians or anything, they, they talk about, you know, like, oh, witchcraft, da, 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 that doesn't exist, that doesn't. But it actually mentions all the parts in the Bible where that kind of thing does exist. So it's almost like watching paranormal activity in biblical times. <laughs> so it's really fair enough. Yeah, it's you know, and I'm I'm Hispanic, so I'm into the brujeria a little bit, <laughs> all that stuff. So it's been it's uh, it was really interesting in seeing that, and also I'm, a, I'm an ex Catholic school kid, so I'm like I didn't learn that at all. Um, yeah, okay. so it's all it's 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 a it's going to sound funny to say it's a fun read, but it is because again it's it's got that kind of like. Ooh, spooky kind of stuff in it. Um, I like enough, it. Yeah, and it's and I'm currently reading it now. I'm like eating it up. Um, another book that I really did appreciate a lot. Um, I'm trying to think now. Oh my goodness, I'm running it through like the books that I have in my head. <laughs> um, hmm. I know the last time you asked me something similar, and I, I talked about scientific advertising. Um, Maybe. I don't think I yeah. asked you this question. Not, not this. You didn't ask me three books. We did ask me one book, and I mentioned scientific advertising. It was because I was at the end of a reread of it. Um, I've literally given away my copy of that to someone like yesterday. Oh, really? That's funny. You know what? Okay, so this is kind of blasphemy because everyone's going to get mad at me, but fuck it. Uh, I've actually never read that book fully. Really? I re oh, no, that's a lie. Sorry. I've read the book once, and my conversions went from 9% to 2% because they changed the copy in accordance to what was written. That's funny. Yeah. But then again, you also have to realize, and this is something that I had a conversation with Caleb last night about, uh, and a few people, the reason I keep knocking the ball out of the park, like, you know, 74% on a continuity offer off a dead email list, you know, 23% mm -hmm. conversion rates on a tenth, or like a thousand dollar product or even higher on or like over 50 or 60% buy rate on a webinar you know, for like over $1,000 for a product, $2,000 for a product. The reason that you can keep knocking out the ballpark is because you have to know your market. Right. That's all it is. Sorry, it's just one of those things that really gets me. I'm like, damn it, why yeah. do people not get those? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and it's just, so kind of, I love when you, you talk about this because this is kind of what I was getting at before where there's a lot of books out there that people talk about being like, oh, this is the marketing book you need. And I will literally sit there and read the, like the first 10 chapters or first five chapters. And I'm like, this is actually one, either boring as shit or not in any way this groundbreaking thing that people are making it out to be. And I'm not here to like, you know, to shit on anybody or anything, but, um, you know, a lot of people talk about like stoicism, for instance, right? And, um, you know, like the Ryan Holiday, like the ego is the enemy kind of stuff. So I picked up his copy of The Daily Stoic, and I was like, mm. I'm going to read this, you know, one, it's like, uh, Daily Stoic is basically like a stoicism. A day, one thing a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, so <laughs> I'm like a month behind already. Because it's just like, ugh, even if it's just one page a day, it's like such a, ugh, I don't want to do this. Yeah. It, it's just, Stephanie, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm going to debate you on this one. I think you're reading it wrong. You think so? Well, I, okay, I could be saying this wrong. So it's like, the way I do it, I find it really beneficial. Is, you know, the days that you actually really need stoicism, because sometimes you really need to be, like, reined in. Mm-hmm. Or, like, lifted back up. On those days when I read it, for the day that I'm actually on, fucking miracles. Really? 
Yeah, so like, okay, let's, I've got it in my backpack, so it's kind of just convenient that my backpack is right next That's to us. It's like so fucking convenient that I'm not putting my backpack away, it's right next to me. Um, so like today's date is May 8th, right? The last time I read this was April 30th. Okay. Yeah, so it's been a while. So May 8th, let's see. So today, if I was like, I've had like a really good day, but I still got working shit to do. So today's read is, where is good? In our reason choices, whereas evil in our reason choices, whereas which is neither good nor evil in the things outside of our own reason choice, hmm. right? That is freaking applicable to my life right hmm. now in this moment because like I'm like oh this is a good thing oh is this a bad thing no it's down to the choices I've made, but whereas hmm. you know where is that which is neither good nor evil what's in the things outside of our own reason choice it's life life is neither good or evil it just is. Mm-hmm. So that's that mm-hmm. so that's what I mean. That's my that's my argument to it. I'd say it's a good book, but people use stoicism so incorrectly, in my opinion. That might be why, because I so again, I, I, it sounds like a secular devotional almost. <laughs> kind of like I, I think I'll do it that way because and this mm-hmm. in me that's kind of not doing this right. So I'm like I have to read this one page every single day. Like I can't do this. Um, but what I have been doing in the like, sometimes I'd have to go back because it's not the first time that I've been like a month behind. Um, I'd go back and read it, and what I would do is pick out the the, the pieces that would be helpful in business psychology, right? Like I'm always learning. I'm always like, how can I use this and apply this to personality typing? So even like what you were talking about just now, like you know, of course, the bulk of stoicism is about uh, not taking either your not taking yourself seriously, but also not taking your reactions to things seriously, not taking offense, for instance. So um, there's a lot of really important parts of it. And I'm not going to take away from that. There's a lot of important parts of it that are really helpful, especially if you're an F, right? Or if you find yourself, you know, around people who aren't as self-aware, right? Or people who are just, you know, reactive rather than proactive. Um, So I've been kind of picking around from there, like what are some of the pieces? And eventually I'll I'll do a series of videos on this um, for business psychology, but um, just in terms of like sitting down and writing it every day, like I just, I couldn't do it. Um, and I, I think also in part because there has to be a book that grabs me. Right. Yeah. And that's often, and it's, you know, completely outside of hype and all that stuff. Like I can't tell you how many people they say they've read, uh, you know, subtle art of never giving a fuck. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure you didn't. <laughs> you know? Um, I, I know it's very handy to say you read this, you read that, but a lot of people don't really enact it. So I think doing it your way will definitely be helpful as opposed to trying to read it every day and or also actually putting it into place when it's, you know, all said and done. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the thing. It's um, it's building a muscle for me. It's in like, okay, this is what I need. Sorry, I'm going to sneeze. <coughs> Excuse me. Just that's as a moment, I could actually feel it coming. It's like, goddamn sneeze. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's one of those things I actually really enjoy it with, um, with this kind of idea that you can play around with. You take it as, as, as it comes along because... You well, you know what we're both like because we both have the same base personality type in the sense that we do like chaos. So mm-hmm. if things are being done one way, that isn't the only way to do it. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So because of that, I think my brain and I think your brain as well does this. We will we will do things like you'll get a month behind on unintentional purpose, like unconsciously you'll get a month behind just so you can read and catch up and pick out the bits that you want. But in reality, but in reality, mm-hmm. if you actually picked out whenever you wanted, it's doing the exact same thing without clogging up your brain with the other twenty nine days of information that you don't really need. Yeah, 
No, that, that makes sense. And even, uh, so that's something that, and, and you, you talked about this before, about your best writing comes when you're feeling something. Yep. Uh, a huge part of, and this, this goes on whether you're an I, and actually even more if you're an introvert versus an extrovert. Because an extrovert yeah. can at least talk out loud and say, well, this is what I'm feeling, uh, angry, sad, whatever. Um, but if you're not in the right headspace, and I don't mean like the woo-woo headspace, like aligning your chakras and shit, but I mean the... <laughs> like the literal headspace of like, <laughs> yeah. am I feeling okay? Am I, can I discuss my conversations? Do I feel depressed kind of thing? Yeah. And it's too easy, especially if you're a P. You can be like, oh, well, I'm not feeling well. I don't want to do this. So a large part is, is you can almost like, and, and you tell me what you're, you know, I, I have um, ranging success with it myself. But it has helped in some way to kind of like jailbreak my own brains in a way, which is to almost recreate the situation that you did feel best in order to do the thing, right? So whether it's like, oh, I really don't want to do this webinar script. I really don't want to, you know, for me to go on live stream. I really don't want to do these things. How can I get myself, psych myself up to, even if it's not 100% there in terms of the feeling part, how I can I not force myself, but I kind of like coax myself to do it. So that way I can go ahead and finish it, right? Because if I go too much on just the feeling, oh, I don't feel like doing it, I don't wanna do this, I don't, then it won't get done. Um, but you can you know, acknowledge, all right, well, forcing myself to do this is gonna be infinitely worse. Um, so I won't do that, but I will at least guide or coax myself to by at least trying to make it feel as best as possible while I do it, whatever that means. Yeah. Um, you know, because even you said right, you write best when you're angry. I write my best emails when I'm pissed off. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's the same thing. So, um, or sometimes, you know, with like a couple of drinks in me. But <laughs> or hangry. <laughs> yes. Or I get hangsty. Yeah. So it's like angry and angsty a little bit. <laughs> no, I, I, I've been there too. It's the first time I actually had anyone use that term, so it makes me happy that it's an existent thing. But <laughs> Stephanie, this is like fucking awesome. Man, I, I, I could literally do a podcast with you like every single week. That would be like epic. <laughs> Call the happy fun time hour. I like that title. Though the only problem with doing that is neither one of us would show up most of the time. I know. (laughs) We should totally do this. And then, are we good? No? Okay, cool. We're done. (laughs) We'll just meet, you know, tomorrow. (laughs) And then the the next day. It'll be great. No, I'm not even kidding. It would be actually hilarious just simply because, like, that's how you know you are what you are because, like, I can tell you this is the path that we'd take if we did decide to do a Did We did decide to do a podcast together. First of all, we'd have to, um, one of us would buy the domain, set up the website, get everything ready on the website and be like, the web set, the WordPress is installed, we got the, we got the, we got the list page all up. When are we doing the first episode? Cool. Okay, who's taking care of this now? I've got too much going on, so do I. We'll come back to it later. Never will happen. <laughs> and then like 10 minutes before, ah, oh, sorry, I'm really busy right now. <laughs> Can yeah. we do this another time? Or, or more exactly. importantly, because it's like ENFJ, ENFPs together, it will be like, I'm not feeling good right now about doing this. Can we do this one feeling a little bit better, please? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, my God. But Stephanie, it's been an absolute pleasure having you back on the show. I'm so happy that you uh, that we made time and got to do this today. Yes, and thank uh, you for having me. Oh man, it's guys, always I'm, a pleasure. I'm sorry. It's, uh, I I barely apologize if you guys feel that we've goofed around too much today. But in all honesty, listen back to this episode. There is some great stuff that Stephanie shared, and a lot of the stuff that even though we joked about it, 
take away for what you can from the work that we shared with you because there's a lot of stuff that was subconsciously placed in on purpose from well from both of us because essentially that's the cool thing of what we do um but yeah check out stephaniearroyo.com uh get on her mailing list stalk her out on the internet have a conversation with her she's actually really nice and <laughs> i won't troll you i promise well she will promise, troll you but i'll no, try not to no she will <laughs> she's the only person okay the only person she's not trolled as far as i know is me and the only reason she does that as far as i know is simply because i haven't given her a chance yet to troll me <laughs> you've been dodging me that's why <laughs> i've been very good at that dude i'm brown like don't you know there was a brown guy that holds the world record for hide and seek you know? <laughs> that's funny you're like the artful dodger there you go Pretty oh oh that that's that's a smooth transition for those that don't know who the Artful Dodger is. <laughs> Listen to some music from the nineties, you'll understand. <laughs> All right, guys. I played a video game. Oh yeah, that too. Oh man, they did have a video game. I totally forgot about that. I've got to like fish out my old PlayStation now because of this. But yeah, anyway, guys, I will catch you on the next episode of Adler Marcy Unplugged. Stephanie, it's been an absolute pleasure as always, my friend. I will see you very soon, obviously. And um, yeah. I'm sure we'll actually get you on another episode in the future. <laughs> Thanks so much. Take care, guys. Bye.